0: Welcome back to The Backmarkers, the F1 podcast for new fans, by new fans. My name is Mike Hurley,
1: and I am joined by my strategy director, Austin Evans. Don't you put that on me. I have no you can, role hey, in strategy whatsoever. I'm just talking sure about other people making mistakes. That's that's much sure easier. You do. No, you're good. You got it. So we just re-
0: finished watching the Hungarian Grand Prix at the
1: Hungaroring, right? yes hungaro ring if you just say confidently no one's gonna question it it's fine hungry ring is that it (laughs) Uh, did i get it mm, uh, we might have to run that one back one more time uh it was a good race. deliver to me give to me the finishing order of that race serve it now i will serve up a non-hungry pun for you so uh finishing order uh, podium was exactly the same as last Mm -hmm. week surprisingly enough we had max coming in at p1 and we had lewis and george p2 and p3 finishing out that podium something i don't think a lot of people were guessing a couple weeks ago that we'd have double back-to-back podiums for the mercedes crew p4 we've got carlos Sainz, perez p5 leclerc p6 norris p7 Alonso p8 Alcon P9, and Seb Vettel barely pulling in that last point at P10. I don't know. Like, I will tell you that throughout that entire race, it was not until literally the last lap that I felt confident with that finishing order. Nothing felt Mm -hmm. like it was going to go as planned between strategy, between pit stops, between people having wildly different pace, between completely different tire strategies. It was super spicy, And we had that rain just kind of looming around the track the entire time.
0: So I was thinking this and then was pre- felt pretty satisfied when Martin Brundle said it. What we have seen today is when all three teams are competitive. Yes. That's what it looks like. When you, If you have six drivers that can all legitimately race within podium position, it becomes impossible to understand what is going to happen. And there were many parts in this race from, I think, kind of like after the first quarter where it was like it is impossible to try and work out every time someone comes into a pit are they now going to win the race <laughs> or are they go- like it was this was a this was not the most exciting race of the season because it was lacking in a couple of things i feel like uh, to to kind of really take that you know because you get the excitement in different ways, I would say this was probably the most interesting race of the season so far because it has shown potentially what the second half might start
1: to look like, which will be very different to what we have seen so far this year. The only thing I think we can really rely on is that Ferrari wall making terrific well reasoned mm-hmm. decisions all the time. I mean really I mean what more could you uh, could you ask for um mm. I, <sighs> It's getting tougher. tougher Can we can we talk about Ferrari
0: in a minute? Like, can we talk about Ferrari in a minute? I want to. Let's just get qualifying. Yeah, just talk about qualifying real (laughs) quick, and then then (laughs) then we can start talking about them because otherwise we're going to be talking about Ferrari strategy for the next hour and we won't (laughs) stop. Qualifying was awesome. Qualifying was super good. Just in general, it was one of those really weird, really like, honestly, there was I think more of that quote unquote excitement for me Mm. in qualifying than there was in the race. So like. Max losing power, right? And then that was that moment where it was like, whoa, now what's going to happen? Which I was kind of hoping for in this race that yeah. maybe there was going to be something that happened to Max where it was in contention. Not necessarily that he lost, but like if that rain would have come and then, you know, Lewis would have started getting closer and closer to him at the end, you know, like that that kind of like tension at the end, yeah, uh, which we had in qualifying because, you know, you just assume Max was going to nail it and then if his car... Just stop working. And yeah. then George just out of nowhere. That was one of the most exhilarating moments I've experienced watching the sport P- purely because a lot of things in Formula One you can see are going to happen unless they're accidents, right? So, like, you can see that somebody's gaining on someone or you're seeing someone sector times but no one was paying attention to George because he was just hitting green sectors. But he had just the right mix of the three that he hit the the fastest
1: lap. And we only knew at the moment he crossed the finish line. It was super cool. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, after the raise or after the qualifying, he kind of mentioned like, oh, this was like one of my best, like Williams days of qualifying where just every corner came perfectly. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of really, really flowing. And I don't think anyone was expecting. I mean, I mean, if you look at what Friday looked like for practice, Mercedes were absolutely nowhere. I think they were like 1.1, 1.2 seconds off the pace, like absolutely nowhere. And <clears throat> I think it just kind of goes to show that this Mercedes, no one understands it, right? The team, I feel like, are just wildly trying things. And it's just like they don't really have an understanding of why the car works sometimes and why it doesn't. But thankfully, mm-hmm. they've been able to pull some incredibly solid results out of it to, I mean, obviously not only get some double podiums, but to pull off a pole, which earlier this year did not look like Mercedes were going to ever be even remotely close to pulling off. This
0: weekend in general, i we spoke about qualifying, Paris is out in Q two as well. I don't know what's happened to Sergio. Yeah. Last few weeks of Sergio have been bad, and I don't. I. It seems like there's no real reason, like that anyone <laughs> has been at least that Red Bull have been able to yeah. talk about. It just seems yeah. like something's going on with Sergio.
1: It's less than ideal, but it's like one of those things where. I believe in momentum, right? Like, I think you as a driver mentally, you, you have yes. momentum, right? And I think once mm-hmm. that starts to slip away from you a little bit, it's easy for a little mistake to become a bigger mistake. Shook. and Yeah, exactly. And you lose a little, and you know, a hundredth here and a hundredth there, whatever. But that does start to add up as you don't quite have the confidence that you expect.
0: Yeah, I think that was something that we were really seeing with Carlos um, for yes. a few races this year, right? Where like he was losing the car, losing the car, and then was also then not putting in what we would have expected him to do. And I think that that was partly due to a lack of confidence. His confidence being shook by whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's the car or his own performance or whatever it is. Yeah. Um,
1: so, okay. Are Mercedes <laughs> back? Well, <clears throat> obviously we're going into the summer break. So there's mm-hmm. a three-week gap, I believe, until the yeah, next race. there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. So... This is always a time for everyone to kind of regroup, figure out what's working, figure out what's not, George to go and lift some weights and, I don't know, go get fit or something. But the other thing that I think is interesting to think about is how close in some ways the, the top three teams are, but also in other ways, this race, I think, very much kind of emphasized Mercedes. I don't want to say that they've just been lucky, but when you look at the top three teams, Mercedes have had excellent reliability a lot mm-hmm. of very good fortune in races a lot of good mm-hmm. sort of strategy calls I'm not saying that they're just lucky because again I think you also make a lot of your own luck but if you had a luck Mercedes are pretty far on the end of that which I think has helped to flatter them throughout the entire yep. season my mm-hmm. challenge to you there is I agree that that has been the case so far
0: this season I don't think that was the case this weekend I don't think luck was a component
1: I think it was a smaller component, right? Because obviously with all the strategy stuff, I mean, Lewis did not, I mean, he was not expected to come up and cruise up and and pull NP2 at the end, right? No, but he did.
0: And it it wasn't because anything bad happened. No cars went off. No cars went out. Like they had strategy and the car, their car performed better on the tires than Ferrari could handle. Something was going on with Ferrari this weekend where that medium was reacting for them like a soft tire, which led to, I think they were not expecting to two-stop this race, but they had to two-stop this race. Uh, And I think that was kind of across the board that that ended up being a bit weird. But, you know, they started on the medium. They were not expecting to have to go on another set of mediums, I
1: would assume. Uh, I think you're 100% correct because they started – so remember at the beginning of the race, George was on soft and the Mm Ferraris are on mediums, right? So you'd expect them to kind of extend that stint. But all of them came in around that same time. The medium was not working well for them. And the problem was the hard wasn't working for anyone all race. So essentially everyone who landed on that hard pretty much started suffering. And I think Ferrari just got completely caught out by the pace of their tire-chewing abilities on that vehicle, whereas Mercedes, on the flip side, like has generally been one of their strong suits this year, has been fairly kind to the tires, and were able to get a pretty good sort of stint out of it. I was really surprised, even toward the end of the race, Lewis was really, really quick on the exact yeah. same tire with it was roughly the same age as, like, say, like Leclerc. And Leclerc did nothing with it. Like, I don't know if he was mm-hmm. just dejected or what, but like uh, that Mercedes came alive that last 15, 20 laps or so. If he and had another 10, 15 laps, which I know, of
0: course, like you just keep extending the race forever and someone's yeah. going to overtake someone, but that was what it was. He was taking a second a lap out of everybody else, which was, I mean, it's just, it's different, right? That's what I'm saying. That kind of performance. We have not seen from them. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the reason I mentioned this George got a legitimate pole position. Yes. And yeah, Max went out, sure, right? But the Ferraris were in there and they were hitting as fast, pretty much, as Max would have got anyway. Yep. You know, maybe if Max would have been able to pull in a, a lap, he probably would have gone to pole and George probably would have been second, you would naturally assume. But my, my, what I'm getting at is Mercedes have had an incredible a great hand dealt to them and they have been able to take advantage of that with the yeah. best um, with the with the best opportunities available they've had luck and they've been able to make it work and as we said that's part of the that's part of being a formula 1 team but this weekend they have pace and they yeah. don't usually have that so yeah, absolutely. it was just it was it was obviously interesting to me
1: <laughs> to see that occurring yeah 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 well it's i think sort of what we were talking about last week and that Obviously, Ferrari's strategy has been a huge thorn in their side and reliability, especially we had Val- Valtteri go out at the end of the race again, another. Ferrari power unit, although I guess to be fair, the Red Bulls both took new power units this race, but at least they are inside their allocation, whereas pretty much all the Ferrari power teams are all hitting penalties pretty much every time they need to swap at this point. Because it was Shaoguan Yu last race, right? I believe so. Yeah, it was one of the Alphas last race, and it was Valtteri this race. Um, I believe actually he was the only person who didn't finish the race, right? Yeah, he was the only DNF. Everyone actually Mm. finished on the road other than that. But Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things where it shows that Ferrari are a team who just aren't as sort of race-sharp and as championship-sharp as Red Bull and Mercedes are, who obviously have had several years of really tight scrapping. Mercedes are, are, I mean, I think it's not exactly a surprise to say, one of the most sort of well-oiled machines in Formula 1 ever and the fact that they also have two incredible drivers who are working well together like that team is firing on all cylinders if they can just figure out their car right that seems like the yep. major issue but even with what you would assume to be a complete deal breaker of an issue and that your car is not necessarily the fastest but how good the rest of the package is is really helping them to with a little bit of luck but mostly out of just sort of being in the right place and sort of being able to take advantage of what they've got, pushing them way farther up the order. I mean, this constructor standings is crazy to me. I mean, yep. Mercedes are right on it.
0: They're 30 points behind now. They took 10, <sighs> they took a 10-point chunk out of Ferrari this weekend. I,
1: man, I, honestly, the way so Ferrari is So the hill going, in the
0: live chat is asking, do you think Merc is going to beat Ferrari in the constructors?
1: I think it's very, very possible. I think it's very, very possible. I think they will. I mean... I think they will. The problem is, is that the the Ferrari does seem like still the fastest car this year, generally speaking, right? On single lap pace, it seems like pretty clearly the fastest. And in the races, it's right up there with the Red Bull, right? Like Mercedes... You think it's faster than, than Red Bull? I think a lot of times it's faster, yeah. I, think mm-hmm. they, I mean, think about how many points they've thrown away through unreliability and poor strategy calls, right? It's a huge, huge amount. Now, I don't think it's necessarily faster at every single track, but I would say across the races we've seen so far, the Ferrari has generally been faster and they have not been able to pull things together. Like they're almost like the anti-Mercedes in that they have a really fast car, some very good drivers, but basically nothing else going for them, whereas mm. you know, Mercedes yeah. has a slow car and everything else is going for them, which goes That's to show put. you've got to have the whole package in Formula One. You can have the world's yes. greatest car, and obviously these are some of the world's greatest cars, by definition but you can't pull it together if you don't have a full team effort behind it but it's Mm -hmm. it's wild to me to think that we are this far into the season and it's been so spicy right like the fact that we have these three teams mixing it up, we had the whole top six being kind of topsy turvy the entire time, mm-hmm. was really really exciting. I mean, like you said, George led for a huge chunk of that race, and Lewis was super quick, and uh, it was it was good to see. Like Max, even though he looped it around at one point, still obviously won very very comfortably. But that was not a sure thing up until the very end, right? Lewis was coming pretty quick. There was rain on the horizon, mm-hmm. so I'm just excited to see, especially a track like the Hungaro Ring, which I mean what was it? Uh, Monaco with walls is what everyone kept calling it. Like, Clearly in the past not a great track for overtaking. And while we didn't see like insane overtaking, I do think the strategy and the mixed up kind of tire situations and whatnot helped a lot. But we still saw some pretty good overtakes here. Like There were some beautiful overtakes this week yeah. Yeah, this today. I mean, it was mostly
0: happening uh in the early couple of corners with the D R S assistants. Yeah. But even then there was some really fun stuff. There was a classic Max overtake on uh I think it was Charles, which I really I didn't like it. It was it was it seemed way too aggressive, right? When they're coming down the pit straight and he just <laughs> nudges out towards them. You know fine. I don't like it. You it know I don't like it. Fine. No, honestly. It was fine because no one there was no contact, but yeah. I well, don't know. I, I also actually uh I don't think there was Can I just state real quick about yes. Max, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I realized something yesterday. In F one twenty twenty two, 2022, Uh-oh. I raced like Max Verstappen. <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing people <laughs> off left, right, and center. I'm diving for gaps that don't exist. So he is basically driving these cars like video games, but it's very,
1: it works, clearly. You, you know what, Mike? It's funny you mentioned that. I actually went go-karting yesterday, mm-hmm. and I dove bomb about 20 people. And in fact, I actually tagged someone and spun them out yesterday. So uh, you know what? You were the max of the track. I was the max yesterday. You're the max in F1. Look, we're all Verstappens, we, man. Uh, we get it, you know? We're actually, all Verstappens, really. I don't know about that one. Maybe you we'll. I don't want to be one of those. I'd rather no. be a Max than a Verstappen. Urgh. There you go. Uh, but yeah, no, it's. I think it's just interesting to see. I mean, obviously Max did a great job, but this race was... I don't want to say it was handed to him, but certainly he did a solid job, but everyone around him kind of gave it to him in, in a way. I don't like, think I agree with that.
0: <sighs> I, I, I mean, he started from P7 and he made it work for him, and he Red Bull Red Bull did the right uh, pitch strategy, putting him in first, putting True. him on the right tires early. It yeah. gave him what he needed. Uh, I I think that he I think Horner kind of overdid it at the end, saying it was one of the his best results ever, which I just don't no. think was accurate. Like I've seen yeah. so much more exciting stuff from Max. Yeah. But this was an a kind of heroic drive from him. And, it was a, and he really made it work for him. He was he was very, very fast today.
1: It was a very smart drive, right? Like like yeah. you said, it was it was not a lot of crazy dive bombs and whatnot. And honestly, I don't think anyone got too punchy this race. I no. think everyone was giving each other space. There were some good moves, but there weren't there a lot of like... Tag in. There was some tagging. There was some tagging. Ricardo a got a
0: five-second penalty.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, on the whole of it, for a whole race distance, I think everyone was very well behaved. And I think, yeah, sure. the Ricardo penalty may have been the only actual like on-track penalty. I didn't see anyone else getting all that punchy. No. I think it just was, especially when you went into turn one, race after i mean lap after lap when you see people kind of going for it. generally speaking people are always giving space like it was it was one of those things where obviously you do get the second helping of drs on the second straight so you don't want to necessarily completely but dive bomb it because you're going to lose out for the second if you are completely out of position but it was one of those things where i feel like it's rare to see a race where everyone was was not pulling austin and mike moves every corner and instead mm-hmm. being very respectful and kind uh it was good to see it was just very hard but very very clean racing all right, we haven't spoken about Ferrari, really. Can I actually start, hit you with some? You. Can I actually hit you with some breaking news that's just come across yes. right now? Uh, the Las Vegas uh, Grand Prix has officially gotten its date: November 16th through 18th, 2023.
0: Spicy,
1: yeah. Huh, okay. So uh, I'm just saying, uh, if you want to start practicing by driving around the actual Las Vegas Strip to kind of learn the track, Mike, I'd love to go to Vegas. We, we you know, we can fully learn the lines so that we're expertly tuned and. Uh, if we know wait. exactly oh. what's going on. Okay.
0: No, I got it. I was looking at the wrong year. I was like, that's a Thursday.
1: <laughs> You're like, let's wait, go. You said
0: 16th to 18th. Yeah, it is a Thursday. So 16th to 18th. Thursday, 20th,
1: Friday, Saturday.
0: 2023.
1: Oh, oh yes. It's we a knew Saturday this was night Saturday night race. race. Yes. Saturday night race. Yes. Yep. I remember now. Yeah. 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 You All definitely right. tripped me out there for a second. I was like, wait, did I get it wrong? No, I'm literally reading off of Jalopnik right now. So hey, uh, you want to go roll the dice in Vegas next year? Time to go spend $30,000 on a really good hotel room so you can see the track.
0: <laughs> yeah, can you imagine how
1: expensive those prices are now? Oh, just, they're just flying through the roof, right? It is going to be ridiculous. But I look forward to that race. I, honestly, this is one of those things, and we're a little bit of tangent here. We'll go back to Friday just one second. But so many people I know who don't even necessarily like care that much about Formula One, sort of in like the SoCal area. I hear all these kind of people just saying, oh, I want to go to Vegas race. I want to go Vegas race. Like people are like you watch Formula One. They're like, yeah, I've watched like a race or, oh, I saw like an episode of drive to survive, but so many people are going to be like heading out to that thing. Uh, Look, the, the sport is so hype right now. It is. It is tremendously think, exciting. Yeah. But, all right.
0: Okay. Can we just do on to performer of the race? And then want oh, to just, just go do straight that now. To it. Mike, might you- as we'll just do that now. <laughs> and then we can talk about it. Right? Sure, sure. Go for it. Go for it. Who is your underperformer for of the <laughs> What are they doing? What are they doing? Like, uh. I, I do not understand how this sport works from a technical level, right? Sure, sure. I am a fan. I'm a new fan. Mm-hmm. One of the things I find really fascinating is when I see something happen and I say, why are they doing this? And then a few minutes later, they will say it on commentary. Like, the thing that really surprised me today was I could not understand why they pitted signs for mediums when he was already on mediums. It's was like, this doesn't seem like a strategy, right? Like, it didn't... Because then it's like, well, weren't you going for a one-stop if you're on medium? Like, that I couldn't understand. It's just basically every time yeah. they brought someone in to pit... Today, I could not work out why they were making the decisions that they made. It was really weird to me.
1: So, of course, if you are a new fan to Formula One, the the thing to understand is that you have to hit at least two tire compounds in the race, right? So as Mm -hmm. soon as Ferrari committed to the medium, they started on medium, they went to a second set of medium, they had to take another pit stop, right? I think the issue that Ferrari were having was that tire deg was really high, right? So they had to throw away that first set of mediums pretty quickly. They put a second set of mediums on, and I guess the ideal strategy would be to go medium, medium, then soft, which worked well for Lewis, who I believe did that exact same strategy. However, you have to make those sets of mediums last long enough to to work. And the problem Mm -hmm. was was that Ferrari weren't seeing that. So instead, the only other option, because you can't just run mediums the whole race, would be to put on the hard, or I guess to take three mediums. But that would be silly, although almost better than what they ended up doing. But you can't do that, right? you 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 would have to do no no three mediums sorry three mediums then a soft to get all the way to the end (laughs) which uh, at
0: one point I did think they were going to do that (laughs) with Carlos genuinely I thought they were going to go for that
1: they almost could have done it but then the issue there is that because they didn't want to do that they didn't think that was a good move they put the hards on but the hards just went nowhere, right? And I think it wasn't a surprise. No one expected the hards to be good. I believe Pirelli were even saying, like, hey, the weather, you know, they're not going to fire up. Like, we don't really think the hards are going to be the move. So no one really thought that hards were smart, but I think Ferrari probably got caught out by the fact that the mediums were not holding up with the decisions
0: not- that they made at the times that they were making them, with what the car was doing, all they could have done with uh, Leclerc was to put him on the hard tire, right? Yeah. I understand why they did it, but at the same time, we knew at that point the hard tire was bad. Like this is what I mean. Like if if it yeah. was reversed, you know, I, th- I think it was Carlos that pit first, and they put. A set of mediums on, and I was like, Why don't you go to hards here? Because it's 20 laps in, right? Because we didn't know then, yeah. But they put on mediums, which was a surprise to me. And then when we knew the hards weren't working from the other teams that had them, they put them on Leclerc, yeah. And it's like it was just like I, I felt like I could not get my head around what they were trying to achieve today, and it ended up kind of being pretty embarrassing for them, I think. Oh, absolutely. Again,
1: absolutely i mean i think the only with of course the benefit of hindsight i think the only way they could have potentially made that work if they really were not able to eke out any more of the mediums was to three stop it medium soft medium medium or something like i think they would have had to do something like that because clearly those hards went nowhere but the problem was was that toward the end of the race maybe they just weren't pushing or whatever but even when they both bolted on a set of softs neither carlos nor charles really went anywhere so i i just don't fully understand what was going on but clearly i think to, to me at least i think the very clear issue here was that ferrari way overestimated the amount of sort of tire deck that they would have on those mediums and as soon as that was done they didn't have a solid backup strategy for it i mean they could have even started on the softs like like uh, george did if potentially but like i just think they misjudged that and from that point especially because the undercut is so powerful at the hungaro ring they just were along for the ride and that is never the Mm -hmm. way you want to be when you're trying to drive strategy is just being like oh well oh mm, grab those tires i guess it's just it's super like i don't know i don't know it's it's ridiculous but i think it's one of those things where it's easy for us sort of as, as as the back markers to 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 criticize but also it's one of those things where it's i always want to give you know it's It's difficult, benefit of the doubt, blah, blah, blah. But when this is consistently happening, race after race, and you see a championship which has been, I don't want to say quite thrown away, but I mean, clearly Ferrari are out of it at this point, right? Like, I mean, I think it's easy enough to say that short of something spectacularly going wrong with Red Bull, Ferrari have lost the 2022 championship. Yeah. Uh, Both driver and uh, constructor. I don't yeah. think
0: anyone will catch up constructor wise. I mean, something terrible could happen to Max, right? In a bunch of races, which could change things. But I don't, I actually don't even know if it would be really possible anymore. Yeah. Um, this is the thing of like, I know what you're saying. I would give benefit of the doubt. But like, my, my kind of point on that is one, I was questioning it at the time. So, like, I mean, what the hell do I know? And I yeah. couldn't understand it. Yeah. Uh, two, it didn't work at all, anything that they were doing. And three, this has been maybe the third race in a row that we've been able to sit here and say, what is going on with Ferrari? You've seen that Chain
1: Bear video, right? Yeah. <laughs> I saw he was tweeting during the race, like, do I have yeah. to make another one of the videos? <laughs> like, I really like... <laughs> recommend it. it people, people should check out
0: Chain Bear anyway on YouTube. Yes. Uh, a really really great Formula 1 com- like comment
1: would you say comment ha- not commentator what would you f- uh, Cool. Cre- like? content creator um, yeah content creator yeah, yeah he me. makes great videos on Formula mm-hmm. 1 in general not only like he doesn't necessarily do like sort of like every race recaps always Also explainer videos yeah. which I find really helpful yeah and I think his content is very well suited to a newer fan who is not you know completely familiar with a lot of things in fact he has a lot of slightly older videos that still do really well like what is DRS and that kind of stuff highly yeah. recommend chain bear but yeah it's it's just you just i keep coming back to the idea that after the last couple of years and specifically after last year red bull and mercedes are just better teams right now right and ferrari Mm -hmm. this is not like a new thing that ferrari like have been like they challenged you know a few years ago with seb like they were up there they had an incredibly fast car and again it was strategy and maybe a little bit of issues on seb's part but like ferrari as a team are not as well oiled of a machine right like there's just chaos I, I don't fully understand what's going on but like they're just not operating as a team on the same kind of level and it, it's one of those things where ferrari gets a lot of flack because you know it's a different way they run the team compared to pretty much everywhere else there's always been a lot of pressure at Ferrari. There's always been a lot of, like, you know... know, like uh, I think it's going to be very unlikely at this point that is going to keep his job by the end of this year, right? I mean, I think there's always constant pressure. Like, hey, if we're not winning and we're not completely dominating, then you're fired and we're going to keep sort of, like, churning through sort of staff. I mean, I
0: remember there were big rumors that he was out, going to be out last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think they gave him some more time, which seemed like the right call, but I mean, I think at this point it's just, like, something is not working and it is not, like... They're building a terrific car. The drivers are doing a good job. It's just a matter of reliability. And it's definitely an issue of strategy, especially lately. I mean, they've thrown away, I mean, what, three, four great finishes at this point through issues like Monaco and here, it's just like, Mm -hmm. everyone has problems everyone makes the wrong strategy call sometimes but ferrari are almost it's almost easier to bet that they're going to make the mistake versus make the right call and that is not the way you could ever win a championship much less (laughs) that's the way you end up uh behind mercedes which is a car that is a second slower lap at some courses not anymore baby (laughs) well Mm -hmm. yeah thankfully i'm surprised they pulled that out though like i don't know if you saw the practice stuff but man they were Mm -hmm. nowhere like it's i don't know what I don't know what they do, but I feel like Mercedes keep doing these experiments. They keep being so far mm-hmm. off during free practice. And then out of nowhere, they're like, oh, by the way, yeah, we just fixed it. Oh, we just tried a bunch of stuff. I have no idea what's going on, but uh, it works now. Sweet. They try. There's, it seems that, you know, they
0: are throwing more Hail Marys yeah. um, than other teams, right? Because they're, they're having problems that other teams aren't having still. So they seem to throw a lot of stuff during the practices. I reckon they're driving different configurations in multiple ones, and then they pick the parts that work best and put them in for qualifying. Yeah, which is why we keep hearing, you know, the drivers like this is the worst it's been. Like George is saying, like this is the worst it's been, and then he then he was pole, <laughs> and then came third, and we got another double Mercedes podium. Like, yeah, it, they they are still struggling, but they are struggling way differently to ten lap, ten races ago
1: yeah before we go on to mm. the the official awards i guess the rest of the awards for the race mm-hmm. was there anything else because i feel like this is one of those races that because there was so much action up at the front that there was not a lot of uh, attention paid to the midfield but i mean uh, L- uh lando was the only non-ferrari yep. red bull and mercedes to not get lapped um had a very solid race i mean he started p was it four or five? He started... I think it was four. Yeah, yeah. Like, he had a really, really great quality, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, clearly didn't have the pace of the, of the faster cars. And I think generally, like in most races, you know, there would have been you know some unreliability or some crashes or whatever that would probably help to promote him a little bit. But I think he had a very lonely race completely by himself the whole time. But I think it's, it's worth a shout out to Lando. Was there anyone else in that kind of midfield that maybe weren't like the, the favorite backmarker of the race or anything like that, but was there any other kind of action on track sort of in that midfield that jumped out to you? I enjoyed the Lonzo's race today. I did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very salty. Uh-
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I really, you know, I was... When, when uh, Alonso and Max were coming together early on, I was like, well, if there's anyone that's going to give him as much trouble as he gives other people, it's Fernando Alonso. <laughs> I, I really, I wanted to see that go on for a bit longer than it did. It was, I felt it was a bit of a shame that Max passed him as fast as he did because I yeah. thought that would be really, really fun to watch uh, kind yeah. of unfold. But yeah, I think you're right. For Honestly, that... <laughs> There was so much happening in that top six, and it's the first time it's happened this season when really it should have been happening all season. I think that the attention just went there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's the way it's going to be, right, with yeah. this race today. Because it was like we finally got to see what we wanted to see, which was six drivers all vying for the win. And at any point, any of them could have conceivably taken yeah. it which was really exciting. The Aston Martins were interesting today. There was some stuff going on there. Yeah. Uh, Seb picked up a point. It kind of looked like there were team orders which swapped the two of them around. I think they may have been on different strategies. (sighs) Seb got past Stroll in what looked like way too easy in the last few laps. I don't
1: know what was going on there. I don't fully understand. Again, I don't think a lot of that was really being focused on by the broadcast. But yeah, there's definitely some stuff that was going on. But Seb pulled off some good moves. I think that that was that was good. Uh, also, uh, Danny Rick passing two cars in one and a half corners was terrific. Oh, it was beautiful. I oh, was like was so excited, and then immediately he gets a penalty and throws it away. I was just like, <sighs> Come he smashed on. into Stroll, right? I think it was yes. I think it was st- Stroll. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, K, uh, K-Mag, who had a relatively decent qualifying, but uh, I think he got... Actually, I don't, I don't remember who he tangled with, but he had he ended up getting the black and orange flag because he had the, the side of his wing kind of hanging off. Yep. Uh, he ended up all the way down in 16th. There were two uh, of those today.
0: Uh, Magnuson was one, and <sighs> somebody else got the black and orange flag for the wing. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of in the first few laps, I think, but I don't remember who it was now.
1: It was, it was one of those things where like, it felt like it was relatively exciting, again, on a track that there's typically not a lot of overtaking on. Um, also, I do think it's worth mentioning that uh, the Williams is, are still absolutely nowhere. I think we had those like, few races toward the beginning of the season. In fact, Williams and Haas, I think both, are sort of like, you, know, like you see these flashes of like, oh, something's going to happen, something's going to happen, but especially the Williams, they feel like they are just like anchored to the back of the field. Which
0: They're the only team in single digits on points. they have three points uh then it goes to aston at 20 alpha tower at 27 has 34 alpha at 51
1: yeah it's 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 rough i think actually you know what the other thing that is a bit of an underperformer even though it's not necessarily my official just to be clear i've got another underperformer of the race um but alpha towery man like they just got their upgrade last week like you you see like they've had flashes of being relatively good but like you just keep seeing, I mean, like, Yuki looped it, which to be fair, I don't know what happened. Like, Yuki spun out almost the same way Max did. It didn't seem like it was necessarily a driver thing. It was like wind no. or rain or something. Wind but, or rain, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know what really happened. Pierre ended up coming in P12. We didn't see him a lot during the race, so I don't know what was going on. But just that Alpha AlphaTauri is just not going anywhere. And you know that Pierre is just sitting in a seat just like... I need to get out of this car. Because like, he's just got signed up, remember, for another year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not looking good. Uh, before we move on, Mike, there's a couple of big or fairly big bits of news we haven't discussed yet. Um, first of all, we've got Seb announcing his retirement just yep. a couple days ago. Which, mm-hmm. I know, what, what's your take on that? Well, Seb was going to be my back marker of the race. And this is where I was going to oh! bring up. Oh, okay. Fair um, enough.
0: I am... I have quite mixed feelings yeah. about Seb announcing his retirement. I'm happy for him because he's doing what he wants, and he posted a very nice uh, video to his brand-new Instagram account. Finally. His social media account. <laughs> and it seems like he kind of has other things he wants to focus on in life, and, yeah. and I think Seb is very environmental-focused, and I think that maybe his participation in the sport is starting to weigh Uh, on his mind especially if he i can imagine especially if he feels like he is not really putting the best he can get out of it he's kind of unnecessarily polluting if that makes sense it's it's like i
1: can imagine like a weirdness in that he's taylor swifting Um, as the kids say i don't know what that means but (laughs) taylor swift got uh, called out this week for being like taking like some ridiculous amount of flights on a private jet and being like the number uh-huh. one polluting like celebrity in the world or some nonsense. It was it was, really? it was a thing on Twitter. Yeah, it was I like that. it was like an obscene number of of
0: private jet flights. Huh. <laughs> I know that I've I've seen recently that this has become a bit of a thing of um, Twitter accounts that follow mm-hmm. the flights of celebrities. Okay, so yeah. yeah, maybe he was thinking he was Swifting too much. <laughs> uh, but I'm sad because I wish. I think he has one more great season in him, and or could have had,
1: and we didn't get to see it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I do agree. I mean, obviously, he had those incredible Red Bull years, and then he had glimpses of Ferrari. I mean, you know, he but that he Ferrari almost, car was was trash. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, he had long enough. I think if Ferrari had pulled it together a little bit more. But I also think it's one of those things where he won those championships, and I don't know if we ever quite got that consistent, incredibly quick seb. Now, mind you, the that Red Bull, you know, back at the day was stupid fast, so I think that that definitely played a pretty big part in it. But I don't think we ever quite got that sort of sustained, like on top of it, seb that sort of you got in what 2010 through 2013. So I think it's one of those things where. I personally am a believer in going out on top instead of hanging around and sort of being a backmarker. Oh, this is for, the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's it. And I, obviously, this is just pure conjecture. But um, the Aston Martin team on the inside doesn't sound like the greatest place to hang out with uh, uh, senior and junior stroll running the show. And it just it seems like there's a lot of pressure. It just doesn't seem like a fun, happy environment to be in. and. Sure. I'm sure that, or I, I would assume that that would probably lean into Seb being like, you know what? Especially because I don't know if you saw, uh, apparently he didn't really give the team a lot of heads up. Like, uh, apparently the team were kind of expecting him to continue. And he's like, peace. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, sure. It was like, hmm. it's one of those things where I'm just going to just make a guess. And I could be completely wrong, but I'm going to make a guess that maybe the dynamics there weren't quite as uh, friendly as they could be. I can see that.
0: I. Don't know what that says for driver lineups now. This is, we are, I, I guess, this is the beginning of silly season. We are going into the summer break. This is, if you're again, if you're new, silly season is the phrase given to when a lot of driver moves start to begin between teams leaving, new people coming in, drivers not getting their contracts extended. It tends to start around now during the summer break. Last year was obscenely wild this year will not be uh, because a lot of drivers have already had their contracts extended but last year there were huge amounts of dominoes to fall which started with mercedes and who was going to be the mercedes driver and then what would that do for bottas for williams etc like that was gonna that was really exciting this year, prior to Silly Season beginning, a bunch of people have already announced their re-signing, right? You've got Perez has re-signed. Uh, you mentioned you, um, Gasly has re-signed. Lando has already signed up for a 1,000 years at McLaren. <laughs> uh, and so we're getting to that period. And seems like the general consensus right now before uh, Vettel was Latifi won't re-sign, mm-hmm. uh, which we've been talking about, as uh, so who's going to go in at Williams. And uh, there is still a big question mark around Daniel Ricciardo. People are not convinced that he will. But we, I doubt that anything will be announced for that during the summer if that is going to be the case. I reckon that would probably be a decision made towards the end of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah. So t- to me, I feel like the the Latifi seat and obviously the Seb seat are the real sort of prizes right now. Um Let's see if he has. Uh, I think it's fair to say had his run. I don't think he's a terrible driver, but I just don't think that he is. While that Williams is bad, I don't think he is doing any. He's he's not pulling anything out of that Williams that no. I think. Another driver such as Oscar Piastri, who I think is, if he does not get one of these two seats, I am going to be shocked. Like I think mm-hmm. Piastri has come in with an incredible CV. You know, he was. You know, I think it was. F- he was one of the lower formulas plus f3 plus f2 champions back to back to back um and he's been on the sidelines this season Uh, i believe he's a reserve driver for alpine although the the rumors that his contract is basically alpine has to give him a seat otherwise he can just do whatever he wants so because alpine is full right now they don't think they can really place him anywhere so wouldn't he he be i heard he'd be alone though I
0: think that's the problem. I think they would if release him. If he went him. to somewhere, then yeah. he would be loaned out to them. That, I think that was a concern that Williams were having.
1: Yeah, which is much to what has happened with Alex Albon. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly, obviously, what the contracts look like. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of those things where I don't care what happens. He just needs to get a seat mm-hmm. on the grid. But that still leaves, very likely, at least one extra seat up for grabs. I, know we've talked about this a lot, sort of off camera, I don't necessarily think that Danny Rick, while he's had a fairly poor season, I don't think his seat is in all that much jeopardy because the way it sounds, the option for him to continue is with him, not with McLaren. Unless he does something outrageously stupid, I think McLaren's going to have to honor his contract or, as always is the case with F1, give him a fat pile of money to go away. There's which always ways out, Austin. The teams always, always have a backdoor. But I think it's a lot less, like, it's not... I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Like, I think if Danny Rick sure. wants to continue, I think he will be able to continue at McLaren unless he does something really, really wrong. Because the other side is who would McLaren pick to replace him, right? Like, I don't think there's a really clear, obvious answer. So to me, it's really that Aston seat and probably the Williams seat. Those are the ones that are really going to be at play. I would be
0: surprised if Piastri landed at Aston Martin. If yeah. what I have understood is true, which was that it would be a loan from Alpine because he is contracted with Alpine because I can't imagine that working for Aston. Yeah. Because then they could just withdraw him. Like Aston is trying to build a foundation for future, right? Whether we imagine they can do it when they 50% of their seat is locked in, no matter how that person (laughs) performs. right? Um, Williams, on the other hand, I guess will take whatever they can get, especially if it's someone who is is potentially future champion class, right? Yeah. Even though I'll say, still not doing very well for Hurley Motorsport. I am going (laughs) to renew Oscar Piastri's contract as we're approaching the end of the season. Okay. I can't really afford anyone else right now. Uh. But- I see. I see. He's not. He's not pulling in the wins that I am. Well, so I you, you know. He's you know hanging out there in the back quarter, and I'm up
1: in. The, you know. I'm up in the top ten on a Mike, consistent basis. I, I'm sorry to hear that, and I look forward to your continuing insight on if Piastri mm. does get a seat. Exactly what we can expect of the 2023 <laughs> season. Uh, but it's, uh, the the intel we're getting right now is Piastri, bit of a tosser. probably doesn't deserve son. a seat. He hasn't got it. He's, you,
0: look, he <laughs> ain't got it. I've seen it. He just doesn't have it, you know?
1: Yep, 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 yep.
0: So, uh, yeah, uh, that was that was probably the biggest piece of news. I, yeah. I'm a bit bummed out, but I'm happy for him. I'm I'm very happy that he is not reckoning.
1: D- wait, say it one more time? Say- Rikening. Rikening. <laughs> All right. I got okay with swifting. I don't know about reckoning. That doesn't quite have the right tone Kimmy, to I think, lost so much yeah. of his legacy in
0: hanging Uh, around too long
1: you think so i actually don't yes Ah. i think he
0: stuck around in alpha for far too long
1: i mean okay i don't necessarily disagree but okay let me pose this to you uh five years from now what are we going to think back on Seb? right are we going to think about his dominance at red bull are we going to think about his relatively okay showing at ferrari or are we going to remember that he even landed at aston right like to me it's like i think mm-hmm. time is going to make the uh, like uh, clearly i don't think seb is going to go down as the greatest of all time right i, I think that yes. no but he's going to be up that's what i'm saying
0: i think he's chosen the right time to go i i, I think yeah. Kimi stuck around for too long and i think that that upsets the balance a little bit yeah where yeah. you know there's, there's I don't know the exact time frames of it, but there's more bad team Kimi than good team Kimi. And I'm kind of happy that Seb has left earlier rather than kind of hanging around. Dragging it know. out. Yeah. I agree. I, and look, this is my bias of only ever seeing Kimi Räikkönen in, in Alfred Romeo. So Yeah,
1: he was mega in the McLaren days. Oh, right? I know. Like, like I, I know, I'm aware of his history. but Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. I think Kimi, generally speaking, spent more time underperforming than he did performing at his sort of theoretical best yeah i i I understand that i think you're right i think seb is making the right call here and while it's gonna be sad to see him go it feels like it's the right time and i think Mm -hmm. uh, yeah the last thing he wants to do is just be showing up to work and not wanting to do your thing like seb does not need his aston martin paycheck he can go and do something fun he can go save the world he can go ban taylor swift's jet whatever he wants to do he can go live a, a happy happy life and i'm sure we'll be hearing a lot from him it was actually i don't know if you saw there's a, a nice quote from lewis talking about how like kind of a lot of his f1 career was kind of lonely and that seb was one of those like kind of good sort of friends throughout because mm. i think they both started 2007 so they've kind of obviously raced together for a very long time but it was a very nice quote a very very touching kind of thing of lewis they seem close yeah, Lewis as always being an absolute gentleman and uh, probably the best human being on the uh, on the grid. Mhm. Uh, who is your favorite backmarker of the race? So, while I'm tempted to say Seb and I was while we were watching the race I was thinking Seb, but I actually want to give it to Alonso. Not necessarily because he dominated Alcon, I think Alcon also did a quite a good job. But Alonso I think still did a relatively good job. He was a little screwed over by strategy. Certainly I think both of the Alpines on those hards, they were fast enough to kind of not fall into that sort of scrap for the last point or two. But they should have been able to challenge Lando. They were kind of up there for a while. And as soon as those hards went on, it was just they were just hanging out. So I think with a little bit of a, a different strategy, I think both the Alpines could have done maybe a little bit more. I don't necessarily think that the top six were in sort of target for them this time but i think at least lando probably could have been sort of a target so i'm gonna give it to alonso but honestly, it's one of those things where i think you're right i think seb 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 was probably the the one who deserves it if only just because we're only gonna see him for a little bit longer you got you (laughs) gotta you gotta have some sympathy right i was seeing some rumors that
0: um I believe, again, who knows about this stuff, that uh, Alpine want to renew Alonso for one year, but he wants two years.
1: Interesting. I mean-
0: and I, I think they wanted the one year because they have Piastri, Piastri. right? Yeah, and I I think Alonso wants two years because I think in two years that Alpine could be very competitive. They have had a consistently increasing season this year. Yeah, I feel like we're seeing them a lot more often, and the car looks more racy. I think I could imagine that he's like, mm, I might I
1: might hang on to this for a while. Yeah, you know but I, I don't make think that decision. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think Alonso is absolutely like sort of deserved a, a two-year contract i don't think that's a outrageous thing i don't think alonzo a year from now is going to fall off a cliff i get it that uh you know alpine they want to have their options open i mean i think every team mm-hmm. wants to have as many options as possible but i think alonzo has absolutely done everything he can to show that he deserves to see you know i think he gets a lot of crap for uh being the old man on the grid and everything and all this kind of thing but it's like Uh, I feel like one of his go-to lines lately has just been like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, if someone else, uh, yeah, there's young guys who need to come up through the ranks. That absolutely makes sense. There are other seats available. Like, AKA, I'm out here. Like, don't, don't, like, you know, he is doing his job and he's doing an incredible job. So I don't think there's any reason for Alonzo to get booted anytime soon. I'd be very happy to see two, three, four more years of Alonzo out on the grid, which two years probably what we should expect, but yeah. Uh, What was your favorite thing from this race? That it was a good race. I I mean, there were a lot of good on-track moments. I think there was a lot of sort of questioning, you know, and Max for a little bit had that problem where, you know, he was losing some power, something wasn't sounding right, he obviously looped it, um, a lot of on-track action but I think just the overriding sort of memory for me, I think, from this Grand Prix is just going to be, it was unpredictable, there were a ton of cars in the mix, I I think another testament to the fact that these new regulations and these new cars allow the passing and allow the following to be so much better, but also just, you know, you had the the threat of rain, you had all the different strategies, like, there was really very little kind of downtime in the race there was always something going on someone was always about to catch the next person pit stop it was just very unpredictable george starting pole was my (laughs) hey well i loved it it was yeah
0: it was great to see that i'm so excited for him um this is something he should have had 10 races ago right based on what he would have imagined for himself uh, he would have imagined by now that he would have won a couple of races. Yeah. So I'm just happy that he's starting to get a little bit of what was promised to him, basically, in joining yeah. the seven-time world champion team. So that was yeah. great. But it was one of my favorite personal moments, seeing him get that pole and then seeing him start today and start strong and hold on to that lead, honestly, for way longer than I expected yeah. he would have. I thought it was really great.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think – I mean, through – once we got to maybe, like, I don't know, through the first pit stops or so, I think it was relatively clear that it was a big uphill battle for George to actually win this race. But he stayed in it. I don't think he really made any mistakes. I think he kind of did a good job under a lot of pressure. But also, I don't think he sort of overdrew over. Again, I you think about someone like that, right, who has, you know, had this win promised to him really or owed to him in some ways for years. Mm-hmm. He's starting on pole – and he had plenty of scraps on on track, but none of them were too far. He didn't push it. He didn't like you know like sometimes you see like Max and Leclerc out there with like four elbows out, you know, seven cars wide, like you know, kind of being a little punchy. Uh, I don't think we saw that from George. I think George. I love seeing
0: him and Leclerc today. That was so much fun. It was we good. Watching them two fight on each other.
1: They didn't push it too far, right? And I think no. Most drivers in George's shoes who are going for the first win might have got a little too punchy, right? But I think George kept his cool. He just did his job. I think he is continuing to prove that he is a world-class driver. And especially give him another year or two in Mercedes. I think wins and maybe a championship is not out of the question at all. I think him and Lewis Uh have proven to be an incredibly good combination.
0: He's got the goods, man. You give him the right car, he's world champion. Like I genuinely believe it. That he, yeah. George Russell's got the goods. Like,
1: yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, driver of the day. I'm actually, Mike. I think you might you might like this answer. I'm actually going to give it to Lewis Hamilton. I think wow. while. A lot of people came from fairly far back. I think the fact that Lewis, especially that last tent, that last tent was what mm-hmm. really pushed over the edge. He protected his tires well. He got on the soft. He was quick. Now, the commentators are all talking about like, oh, Lewis is going to go and catch up to Max and stuff. I was like, okay, that seems like he's a little too far back from that. But the fact that he was able to come all the way up, he was able to pass uh, You know, uh, Carlos. He was able to get past George. And he had real, real pace. I got to give it to him. I, I mean, I think... That Mercedes was clearly quick in the race, but that Mercedes was not, in my opinion, did not look as fast as the Red Bull or the uh, Ferrari. And the fact Mm -hmm. that they got second and third, I think is a real testament to that team and also a real testament to the drivers. I think George did a great job. I think Max did a terrific job. But for me, this was one of those races where Lewis Hamilton, he lewis it really, really hard. time, and baby. It was great, great to watch. How about you? I Who was, was really
0: pleased. Before I say that, I, I was really pleased that Mercedes didn't give team orders to George and Lewis yeah. and just let them do it. Because look, neither of them were going to catch the max. It just wasn't yeah. going to happen if yeah. things continue. So there was no point. You may as well just let, they're not going to be wild of each other. They're yep. teammates and they yep. seem to get on very well. There doesn't seem to be any bitterness there. It would have been, I think, really bad for George to make him, considering he was Paul, to let him let Lewis by. And I I think that would have been bad for the team. This way, they had a little fight. It was nice. It was simple. And Lewis got his win. And everyone's going to feel better that way. Lewis isn't going to feel like it was handed to him. And George isn't going to feel like it was taken away from him. I think that they handled that. That was smart. And it was very smart. I would say Max Verstappen was my driver of the day. Is this the upside down,
1: Mike? Mm -hmm. Are you a Max fan? I'm a Lewis fan now? I'm not. No, there's no, <laughs> there's no fan in here. I'm just. I. You've just been maxing it so drove. hard on the track that you're just. You can't he, help the bond.
0: Yeah, it's just sympathetic on that. He just drove <laughs> a fantastic race start to he finish. Did. Like, he did. and and considering he was nursing an issue of some kind at one point. He span out like that. uh, If any other driver, that would have been the end of their race. You know, they wouldn't have recovered from that. But he's just like, whatever. He just shrugs it off and keeps going and then finishes it with a eight second, seven, eight second lead. It was really fantastic. But considering the fact
1: that we have to reach a consensus on our driver of the day, I'll let you win, baby. Lewis Hamilton. I am going to say, well, this is like some character development, Mike. You know, I will say one thing that I think Max deserves a lot of credit for. I don't know of any other driver who spins out but, like, does perfect 360s and keeps going as often Mm. as Max does. I feel like so many people, when you spin, you're in the wall or you're way off the track. I feel like I can think of three or four opportunities right off the top of my head of Max losing the car, looping it. Then not only just, like, sort of keeping Mm -hmm. going, but, like, spinning, doing the perfect 360 and just keep going. Like, I think Max, he spun out, and he lost, like, what? four seconds or something like i feel like so many people would just get a little out of shape spin it try to catch it go into the wall or whatever max is just good at that 360 man like i think he when he knows he's about to lose the car he's already setting up to keep it going which is I, certainly some luck involved but is incredibly impressive to me like that's that's a skill you don't think most drivers would have is like oh 360 with style mm-hmm. i think that comes from
0: skill and reaction and the fact that he keeps calm and confident yeah Those things don't shake Max Verstappen. That's why he is a worthy... He, this year, will be
1: a worthy world champion. Yeah, yeah. He uh, doesn't let the... Well, well, you know, I'm actually not going to finish this sentence. Never mind. Ignore, ignore what I was about to say. Mm. Uh, He keeps his calm and composure and needs no underwear changing whatsoever. Whereas everyone else pretty much would at that point in the race. Yeah, I I recovered. I think a lot of drivers, they spin out
0: and they stop and they have to collect (laughs) themselves for a second. And obviously, right? Because when that's happening, you don't even know where you're going. Yeah. And like and also like I think a lot of drivers would be like, Am I just gonna start and hit someone else? Mm-hmm. Where I think Max he is so headstrong. I think for him it's kind of just like, I'm just gonna keep going and just see what happens. And yeah. like I'm not I don't think he's putting people at risk here. It's not what I'm saying, but I think that he doesn't have that in him that makes him hold back. He doesn't hold back from this kind of stuff. And we see that in his driving. Constantly, and I think that's what leads to he could take a spin
1: and just keep going because he's Max Verstappen. That's what he does. Yeah, Sherlock in the chat has a great quote. Uh, it's the first time that Max or Lewis, neither of them, have qualified in the top six on the grid in over four years, and yet they still got a one-two. <laughs> that should that should say something about the quality of driver. I mean, obviously, I think I I feel like we both rate a lot of the current grid really, really highly. But mm. uh, man, Max and Lewis are just it's just
0: last year i cannot tell you how much i want the second half of this season to be max versus lewis
1: <laughs> i i i think so. i think i want to see that i'm a little afraid I to see that it. again but no, i I've think I, I agree <laughs> i've missed
0: it like and all all of the marketing still wants that too you know what oh, i mean yeah. everyone wants it like
1: yep. i desperately want to see the two of them go back at each other at least uh, for one race. I'll season. take one race. I'll take one race where they're super competitive and they're back and forth. I don't need the whole season. Yeah. I got a little too much last year, uh, but terrific. I, honestly, Mike. Well, there's only a
0: few races left. It's less than well, half of a season left. I say a few. It's like was, we've got like 10,
1: 9, nine 10, something like that. Nine. Yeah, yeah. We've got some races, but we've got a break, uh, and then mm-hmm. we're going to be back into... Well, it's really going to come pretty thick and fast at that point, because it's going to be mm-hmm. pretty much nonstop. I think there's some double... I think there's maybe a triple, but I know there's definitely some double headers coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited, but also, like, I'm very excited for us to take some well-deserved rest uh, us you know obviously we're the hardest working uh, but all these f1 teams i guess they want to take a break too or something i don't know it seems, seems a little i'm happy bit that tidal. they're
0: doing this for us yeah, yeah i'm
1: glad that they chose to give us uh, a well-deserved rest from our once weekly ish podcast we have to talk about f1 for an hour it's a Very, very exhausting. It's very hard. I do think it is going to be nice to have a little bit of a reset. I feel Mm -hmm. like the summer break is always a good time for not only, like you said, the silly season shenanigans. There certainly will be news, I think, especially between the time that we're recording now and our next episode. There'll be a fair bit of stuff to talk about. But also, I think it's always good to have a little bit of a breather, kind of reset, kind of get everyone back on the same page. And then we go into the back part of the season and hope that Max doesn't win by like 500 points, which seems fairly likely at this point i like the
0: the mid-season break because it gives me just enough time to miss it again
1: yeah yeah i I feel like sometimes especially when we have back-to-back races i'm just like it's a lot of a lot of racing a lot a lot a lot but Mm -hmm. if you get that little yeah that little bit of respite which is very very especially
0: this year as i've been watching more and more like i watch every qualifying now which i've not done in previous years and that's not because of the show i just want to Mm -hmm. um and so like and i will dip into practice sessions now too so like you know my weekends are dominating our weekends are dominated. any of us watching this by this so it's nice to have a few weeks off yes. Get back to it again yes. so uh, there is a note on that so the next race is the belgian grand prix we will not be recording an episode after race day for that we will be recording on tuesday august 30th instead yeah so if you want to catch us live it'll be 11 a.m uh u.s eastern time is when we'll be recording it live I won't be available that day, so we're going to record it. We don't want to miss uh, another race, so we because especially it'll be the first one back, and I'm sure there'll be tons to talk about. So we'll be recording on August 30th. So it'll be a slightly different episode because we won't be doing instant reactions, but it feels like a good one to do it because there'll be a ton of stuff to talk about, I'm sure, from the the season break and whatever might happen in, in Belgium.
1: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to maybe getting a little extra sleep. On that Sunday, that seems really exciting to you. I'm very, very excited about that one. So, uh, a nice ah, little yeah. change of pace, mm-hmm. a little rest, or a little bit of relaxation. Never did anyone any harm,
0: probably. Don't forget, you can if you watch the video, you can catch the audio of the show. If you just want to be able to consume it when you're driving your car or whatever, you can go to backmarkers.fm to get that. Or if you want to watch the video version, which includes our post-show cooldown, uh, it's at backmarkers.live. Uh, we are at Matt Marcus live on Twitter. Uh, we'll be back, as you say, on August 30th with another show recorded live. So you can come and hang out with us then and we'll be posting the audio same day as always. So until next time, say goodbye, Austin Evans.
1: I'm already on my siesta. See ya in a month-ish. Tried to do the math there and I couldn't do it. It's like 29 days or something. It's close enough to a month. Something like that. It's <laughs> close enough. <laughs>